you're about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. chapter 18 and verse 1 to 7. I'm relying on you guys now. Uh, It says, this is the message that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Jeremiah, he says, go down to the potter's house and I will give you my message here. Did you see the potter's house? We visited it this morning through a video. He says, so I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working with clay at the wheel. He was making a pot from clay, but there was something wrong with the pot. So the potter used that clay to make another pot. With his hands, he shaped the pot the way he wanted it to be from this message then this message from the lord came to me family of israel you know that i can do the same thing with you you are like the clay in the hand of the what you are like the clay in the potter's hand And I am the potter. This message is from God. Sorry. In case you're wondering what is going on. My iPad's not working. So I switched to my phone. Um, Because today I want to really teach. God laid some certain things on my heart. uh, Yesterday night. And I did uh, make a note of it. Just give me a second while I get through the complexities of this internet access in this church. Uh, uh, And then here you go. Mm -hmm. Let me hear that something's happened. There we go. You have to be IT literate. If you're not IT literate, you'll be in trouble. So all I just did is I just did a personal hotspot to my phone since something's not working here. So over the last two weeks, we've been teaching on how to cope with change. And if you can't learn to cope with change, you will find yourself in a very difficult position as you go along in life. You would lower your risk of anxiety and depression if you learn how to cope with change. We went on to say, for any lasting change to occur, three things have to occur. Focus, guys. Uh, Many of you are still thinking of the phone and the iPad and the whole stuff. It was another pastor. He would try to just wrangle. He said, I'm not here to impress anyone. I'm here. If it's not working, you would know it's not working. So just focus on the message. 
So for any lasting change to occur, three things have to happen. One, change requires repentance. We said repent means to make a mental U-turn. Number two, change requires release. And we said last week that if you're still holding on to Egypt, you will never embrace Canaan. We said to reach one, you have to turn your back on another. That means if you're going to go to Canaan, you have to turn your back on Egypt. And I said that there were three things that happened to the mind of the children of Israel that didn't allow them to totally release themselves from Egypt to embrace the change God had for them. And I said that the mind of Egypt was fearful, the mind of Egypt was lazy, and the mind of Egypt was discouraged. Today, I want to give you the last change that, that, that change requires for anything to happen in your life. There needs to be this third requirement. And I say change requires resilience. So change requires repentance. Change requires release. And change requires resilience. You, do you understand? Now, being able to cope with change is sometimes called resilience. I, I, I studied microbiology for my first degree. And in microbiology, you have to do an, an, an additional course which is called botany. You understand? So zoology added to it. And in zoology or botany, you are taught about what is called ecology. And in ecology, resilience is defined as the capacity for an ecosystem to respond to a perturbation or disturbance by resisting damage and quickly recovering. Not resisting change, but resisting damage. There's a difference. Resilience is the ability of the ecosystem to respond to a perturbation or to respond to a change and responding to that change by resisting the damage and not the change. It doesn't resist the change, it resists the damage. Are you following what I'm saying? In, in essence, if you study ecology further on, you will, it, it says that it is the power or ability to return to its original form position, etc., after being bent or compressed. Mm. Uh, so, in essence, there are some people that are, or ecosystems, animals, or, uh, that when there is a change in their ecosystem, they are not totally damaged, but they resist what the damage can do to them and they're able to revert back to their original form in a new environment. Ah, I, I just missed someone. Resilience actually means flexibility. So what happens to an ecosystem, or what happens to an animal, or what happens to, to, to anything that finds themselves in that situation, is that, they are stretched, and the stretching makes them flexible. When my trainer comes in, sometimes he says, uh, let me stretch you. Let's do stretching. Uh, sometimes when I'm exercising and I finish exercising, the last thing I ever want to do is to stretch. You understand? Uh, it just looks like 
And then, and then he, he probably would do one crazy thing. He would tell you to go on the floor and... But listen, listen carefully. Stretching makes us flexible. I remember one time, uh, uh, one therapist was walking on me and then was stretching. He says, oh, you are flexible. I'm like, it didn't happen like that. Because, because stretching has its benefits uh, that will help you improve your performance. The stretching, although it takes you to some uncomfortable zones, but the essence of the stretching before the exercise is to improve your performance and to diminish soreness. You didn't get that. So when, when you're stretched, you're not stretched because you want to entertain pain, you're stretched so that when you finish the stretching, you can perform better. I'm not getting a lot of response because many of you don't exercise. But let me still go on. Uh, I'm like, what is he saying? What is, what is, maybe this will encourage you. Because many people, they say, I can't exercise because my knees hurt. Your knees hurt because you didn't stretch before and after. Turn to someone say stretch. <laughs> they didn't look at you, did they? <laughs> Turn to someone behind you say stretch. stretch. Say to them, say to yourself, stretching is good for me. So when you're stretched, you're not stretched to be damaged. You're stretched to bounce back to your original position. Are you following what I'm saying? I don't do yoga, but I know so maybe you do. You do the, 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 when, I, when I see people do yoga, it, it, it frightens the, 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 the hell out of me. I think I will get to heaven quicker. Uh, because there's some contours. There's some stuff they do. With, I'm like, what on earth are you doing? But honestly, they didn't get there in one day. In fact... They're doing things that their body and their minds told them they would never be able to do. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? Is that when you exercise and you should exercise, you will find out that you will get to some certain levels that you will say into yourself, I didn't really know I can actually do that. Many people lie to themselves that at the age of 40, 50, Everything starts to diminish. Uh, that means I, I, I should be careful what I do, do. My guardian, 95 years old. I have a video of him. One day I woke up. You see, I was still sleeping. He's been up. I was just going, ch- 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 ch. I just came downstairs. I saw my guardian doing insanity. Have you ever watched those videos? It was going up and down. I would show, if I had the clip, I would have shown up and down, going that 94, allegedly, because he's older than that. We just, he doesn't just know the right date. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, hey, sometimes you are 50. In the gym, like, uh, viewers, it's calm down. You, you, you know you're getting old. You are as old as your mind says you are. Arnold Schwarzenegger was standing, backing someone. One guy gave him a kung fu kick. He didn't move from the back. He didn't know there was a, somebody was going to kung fu him. But he just moved like this and he came back to his original position. How old is he? 
probably say her, that's what we're talking about, 70 something. Here you are, 35. <laughs> 22. If someone touches you like this, you're... <laughs> Stretch it. Do we see that in the Bible? Yes. In Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2 to 3, what does it say? It says, enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Did you see what he's saying? Lending your cords and strengthening your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nation and make the desolate city inhabited. When he says enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. He's saying you can go better than where you are. He's challenging them. He's telling them, if you're not flexible, you will not stretch enough to perform for the next thing that God has for you. Flexibility may be defined as capable of being bent, usually without breaking. So all we need to do is we need to look at which trees survive storms. The only trees that survive storms are the ones that bend and bounce back. Therefore, there are two kinds of people. Can I have my... There are two kinds of people that you see. There are... The first kind of people are the people who break. And then they have to figure out how to put the pieces of their lives back. Which is totally possible when we yield everything to God. And there are another set of people who bend at everything and never stand up. This isn't good either. For these people aren't expressing strength and dominion God has given them. They end up feeling deflated and insignificant, even worthless. So there's a set of people that you see that everything that comes into their lives. This is pressure. Pressure coming. The guy broke my heart. The woman. One broke with Richard. One heart broken with who? Ray Ray. One broken with Talikwa. And one broken with who? Mamikwa. They business. Join business. They failed in one area. My life is broken. My life is broken. My life is broken. Everything breaks. So they're walking around with broken pieces of their, from their family, from their relationships, from their life. In fact, some people are even married, but yet still broken. I'm not talking about Christ breaking us. Don't, don't spiritualize it. I mean broken. They walk around broken. Are you alright? I'm going through tough times. Someone broke my heart. 
If your heart was broken, you would not be living. Trust me. Any heart that is broken does not live. Many people just break on everything because change came to their life and that change, although it looked negative, was good for you. But it broke you. And there's no great tree that still survives till today that the pressure has not blown upon them. But instead of them being rigid and break, they bend and sway with the wind and they're able to resist the damage and come back to their original position. Unlike this one, where although you bend it, it can't be broken. It's flexible enough to bend, but on, in hindsight, this looks more thicker than this. But this is more powerful because you can bend it and it won't break. Uh, let me go ahead of myself. And the only reason why this is bendable is because it can go... Are you following me, Buff? It can go through all the contours of life. It can shape itself to fit any angle you put it. So if it wants to go here and fit into this corner and then continues down, it can. These are the kind of people that can walk into any environment and adapt the environment and change the environment instead of allowing the environment to change them. These are people that walk into a place and even though they don't know anyone, they will make people to know who they are. These are people that walk into a place and they're not intimidated by the place because they know God brought me into this place and I can adapt to this place. Whether I'm black, whether I'm white, whether I'm purple, whether I'm tall, whether I'm short, it is not who you appear to be, it is who is on the inside. I'm preaching better than you're looking at me. And therefore God has made me as a potter to make me to adapt to any situation I find myself in bending but not breaking. It's called flexibility. It's called resilience. It's called resilience. It could be said the greater the flexibility, the greater the strength. The greater the rigidity, the greater the weakness. Think what would have happened if an airplane pilot refuses to be flexible and change altitudes or direction when advised of a dangerous weather storm. Let me speak to parents. You will understand this. It takes great flexibility to be a parent. One size does not fit all. <laughs> I can't tell you how many parents have told me that they tried the same principles they used on their firstborn, on their second child, and they find that it didn't work. Yet, it is the same family, the same house, the same father, the same mother, the same, but the same children or the children reacted differently to different forms of discipline, affirmation or instructions. Every child in every home is unique. Yeah. 
You follow The first child, you didn't need to say, read your book. They'll go, read, pass. The second child, you thought that would at least look up to the first child and see what the first child did. And, hey, pastor, no. Go and read your book. I'm coming. Go and do this. I'm coming. In fact, the second seems to be the first. In fact, you're thinking that with the first, I didn't have this amount of trouble. In fact, your prayer line and prayer point and prayer level has gone up for the second than it should have gone for the first. Are you following what I'm saying? Or vice versa, either one. But here you are trying to use the same principles. In fact, you're even sending them to the same school. Whereas sometimes they may fit into one school, the firstborn may fit into one school, and the secondborn may not fit into that same school. Are you following what I'm saying? And here you are palpitated. Are you God? When he gave you the child, he says you're a custodian. So come back to me, lean to me, and ask me, what is this child designed for? Don't try to mold the uniqueness of that child into the first child, because you will make a mistake. How many parents have favored the one that was good today? Ah, you you looked at the second or the first or either way, either position you find yourself in. Some of us are in the middle. We're not first, we're not second. We don't even know where we are. Ah, 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 ah. But, but, But you favored the second one or the first one because that was performing well in school. Where else the second or the first one, either the other child, was not doing too well in school. And always you're going and sitting in front of the teacher. And you have favored, you thought, you believed that this child that is academically fantastic is going to perform in life. And suddenly, suddenly, after the, 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 the second or the third or the problem child in which you call, gets to GCSEs, gets to A-levels, scrapes through into A-levels, does A-levels the first year and they still call you in and suddenly something just switched. Something just switch. The same guy, the same lady, the same girl that was not performing well, bam, something just switch. Or nothing may switch academically. They may just decide, I don't want this. I want to go into a trade. I want to go and do this. And you're saying nobody in your lineage, nobody from your grand-grand-grandfather to now did not go to university. He says, no, I just want to do this. And suddenly, you reluctantly ignore them. Say, that's your life. Go and waste it. Without realizing that in two years, the person has turned their lives around. And, has, and you have actually become a beneficiary of the person you left behind. Actually, they knew you through the problem child for good than the one that you were exalting. And the reason why you did that is you were not flexible enough to bend. If you're not flexible you can't change. If you're rigid and inflexible, the changes that come will be painful. Spouses are not flexible in planning. Some spouses say, what time do you want to go? Some spouses are say, I've planned their life so much that even their children cannot infiltrate their time. 
So, some children are begging parents for their time. You think it's your work that they want. You think it's their, your money they want. Some of them are saying that, oh, tomorrow we're having a football match. Sorry I didn't tell you, but we're having a football match. I really want you to come. He's saying my other, my other uh, colleagues or friends, their parents are there. Dad, can you just come just for once and cheer me? I don't have time. My work. I have to work for you guys. Do you think, do you think that the, the ball you're playing just came like that? I, I, I'm paying money for that. Inflexible. And you're going to the job that they have already made a decision to sack you. Leaving a family that will never sack you in your tough times. Inflexible. Inflexible. I was like that before. I remember one night I called my son. My son was sounded low and all that kind of stuff. We had a Wednesday service, remember? And I was saying, okay, you know, I'll see you on Saturday. I couldn't sleep. I woke up the following morning, 8 a.m., bam. I said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to see him. We went. He was playing football somewhere. He didn't know we were coming. We just appeared. As we appeared, the, I can never forget till now the smile that came on his face. He scored two, three goals. Just the smile that came. The, the, just the presence there. And when we finished, he said, Dad, there's service. You, you, can, you, you need to go now. You need to go now. We gave him some goodies, jumped into the car or the train. I don't know which one we did. And bam, rushed down to church. It was more satisfactory than preaching. Oh, oh, some people will not come to church. It was more, did you get what I just said? Satisfactory than preaching to people who didn't, even didn't show up in church. It's flexibility. It's being flexible. It's being flexible with your finances. It's being flexible with your eating. It's being flexible with your dressing. Because change requires resilience. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. Okay, the Bible says Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Let's look at Jesus. Jesus was continually flexible in the way he met people's needs. The person you ushered today doesn't mean you're ushering the same way tomorrow. The people who are coming have different needs. Jesus, he healed the sick and the crippled on Sabbath day. He, he spoke to a woman at the well who in the, should never, he should never speak to a Samaritan woman. He was flexible. He allowed a woman, I'm just thinking about worship tabernacle and the saints that are sitting here right now. And one woman just walks into church right now, takes off my shoe. My wife will have a fit too. And takes off my shoe and starts to put oil on my feet and rub, rub the hair. No, actually, maybe that's even too much. It's just someone just feel touched by the message, comes to the pulpit, drops some money. Like, hey, what, what did you do with this church? You see, you started to criticize somebody who is doing something because they know the value of what is in their life. Some of you are even like, why does he always make a comment? Why does he always make a comment? You have no idea where someone is coming from. Why always in worship she sings the loudest? He sings, why does he, they always cry? Man, you better cry now so you won't cry later. We're so rigid. We even pray, God, bring sinners into church. Bring unbelievers into church. They come not dressed the way you are dressed that we took years for you to change. And then we start to criticize. And we start to throw, 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 throw mud at them. Jesus never went for those who were saints. 
He sat with the sinners. He was so flexible that the king of glory, the prince of peace, the holies of holies came down and sat down with sinners and tax collectors. And the only people you have in your book are Christians. Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22, says, To the weak I became as the weak, to win the weak. I have become what? Shout to me loud upstairs, I become what? All things to what? All men, so that I may by what? All means, in any and every way, save some by leading them to faith in Jesus Christ. Can I ask you the question? When last did you save someone who wasn't a, who wasn't a saint? And this is what I say to people. Church, God, don't come into church and criticize church. Church is just a place where they're supposed to encourage you to go and win souls. If you're in the business of winning souls, you will not be in the business of criticizing. You won't. You, you don't have time. Jesus didn't have time for that. But we're so rigid in our religion that we say it's a relationship. It's not a relationship. Because if it's a relationship, a relationship is flexible. Even as you're sitting in church, you're religious. Even though you say, yeah, coming to Jesus is not a religion, it's a relationship. No, you're lying. Because when Jesus came, if you were living in those days, you would not believe him. Because you have an idea of how a pastor is supposed to be. How a minister is supposed to be? How come this boy is talking like this? Because we're not flexible. We're not flexible. And if you're not flexible, you will not adapt to change. I'm going to take a cue. I don't like using people to preach, but I want to take a cue because he said this on Wednesday, and I just want to borrow him for a second. Pastor, the way he came into church is not the way he is. Not in looks, but in his achievement. I followed the man, look at him. I could see how he adapts to change. He was saying this on, on Wednesday. He was into playing the keyboards. Then left and had a studio. And then said on Wednesday that God just told him, bow. Go into videography. I, I don't know the right word to use it, but, 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 but into film and production. And just bam! Went to the, when he was going, he said, Pastor, I'm going to do that. Even I doubted. Like, bro, ah, you're doing well where you are. He says, no, this is what God is calling him to do. Sold all his equipment, bam, changed into that flexibility. And before you know anything, Instagram came on, shop. And then he moved from that to being a fashion icon. Getting money for people, taking photographs. And when people see him do that, what is, what, what is he doing? You don't realize that the flexibility of how God is leading a man changes. Before he said, you know what, I'm going to do something about it. I know I, I, I made fun of him one time. When he says, I ran two miles. I said, two, you two, two miles. Can I make fun of him today? And it's not, listen to me. And this is, the, this is the thing that's blessed me. And he blessed me even in my eating. He blessed me in the things that I do. You know why? Because change is not change that is temporary. Change is change that is permanent and you can see over a period of time. Don't just pick up your books to read one day and then say, I have changed. No, it is the lifestyle that needs to change. Jesus didn't come to change people's hearts. He came to change people's life. It's the entire life that God wants to see a change. God wants to see a change because if you're not flexible, things don't work. Let me give you another scripture and let's 
to God close. I've got six minutes and then I'm done. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. Genesis 12 verse 1. It says, look at this. It says, it says, Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Listen to me. It requires flexibility to see a situation from another person's perspective. It requires flexibility to see a situation from another person's perspective. Abraham had to see it from God's perspective and not his perspective. Because flexibility is one of the most important attributes of faith. If you are not flexible, you do not have faith. If you are not flexible, God cannot use you. That is the reason why God used the clay and not the sand or the rock. Because a clay you can mold it. A sand, you can't. Louis Nichols said, you have to be flexible. If you have a plan and just blindly follow it, it is worse than no plan at all. Oh. Let me read it again and just, just think about United Kingdom. If you have a plan and you just blindly follow it, it's worse than no plan at all. You get the drift. If you don't get the drift, God knows what planet you're living on. <laughs> that sometimes, if we're not flexible in faith, our plans become no plans. Because as it was preached on Wednesday, God said, kill Isaac. But then he changed his mind. God wants to test your flexibility. So before we close, four minutes, let's do this. How do I become flexible and be molded into his image and not my image? How do I become like that potter's will that we just watched? Three things. Number one, embrace the following things. I say, right pray. Turn to someone, say, pray right. There is a right way to pray and there is a wrong way to pray. Prayer does not always change things, but it always changes you. Sometimes the answer to prayer is not that it changes life, but it changes you. Flexibility in prayer means surrender. Surrendering your will to God and establishing his plans and not your plans. Because Abraham and Isaac surrendered their plans to God and not their plans. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 to 9, the message says, I don't think the way you think. The way you walk isn't the way I walk. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I walk surpasses the way you walk and the way I think is beyond the way you think. In prayer, listen to what happens to you in prayer. When you pray, you don't say, God, give me. You said, God, let thy will be done. God, mold me. That is right praying. Because in prayer, God gives you the grace. So if my wife and I have an issue and I go to God in prayer, I, I shouldn't be saying, God, change her. I should be saying, God, give me the grace. Change me. Because grace is God's enablement or bestowment upon our inabilities. 
God gives you grace. He lavishes you. He imparts inside you. He allots you. He awards you grace to be able to go through whatever you want to go through. That means when you find yourself in a situation and he causes you to bend, you are able to have the grace to bend. If he causes you to stand straight, you are able to make it straight. If he causes you to fit into a circle, he gives you the grace to bend and fit into a circle instead of breaking every single time. Number two. I call it right timing. Right timing. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. These are the things that make you flexible. Flexible. He says, there is a season, a time appointed for everything, and a time for every delight, and every event, and every purpose under the heavens. Habakkuk 2, 3 says, for the vision, for still the vision awaits its appointed. It says, for the still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, what? Wait for it. It will surely come. It does not delay. Many of us are not flexible because we are on our own timetable. How long do I stay on the wheel? How long do I stay on the potter's wheel? It is not your time. It is when he sees his image inside that pot before he says it's your time. Not your time. When we watched that video, there was no time. The potter says, am I done? The bi- he said it clearly. He says, when he sees it grow tall, when he sees it shaped and formed the, in, into his place. And if we were able to read it clearly, he says, when he puts water in it and he looks into it and can see his image, that's the time. If you're ever going to succeed in life, in being resilient, in allowing change, you've got to walk on God's time, not your time. I want it now. God says, no, I'm not your dad, neither am I your sister. I am God. I am God. The failure to understand right timing and being at the right place at the right time will make you a failure to change. Saul was so impatient, he lost the kingdom. Abraham, too, was so impatient. He created an Isma. If you don't wait for your time, you will create a monster. If you consider successful people in the Bible that moved and changed situations, a common strand runs through them. And that is they were at the right place at the right time. The woman with the issue of blood, Rahab, was knew when the Israelites would arrive and was there. Ruth went to sit at the foot of Boaz, she knew the right time. She followed the right instructions. She was praying, meaning she was in connection with her mentor. And God wants you to be in connection with him. I see people who have missed their lives because they are not on time. Recently, someone came to do some stuff with my wife. And as she knocked the door, I looked at the time. One o'clock. I said, I love this person. On t- every time she, every time, not oh, it's Pastor Femi, I can get there anytime. Every time she's on time. When my trainer comes, I'm, I'm, I'm up ready for him because he's on time. And here we have employed someone to come and work for us and help. And because she was never on time, I said, Saka. So my wife said, Where are you going to find a replacement? I'd rather have nobody than have someone who can keep to time. And here you are. You're, not even, you're praying to God to bless you. You're not on time. In fact, maybe God's blessing was with you when the first song went out. But you came late to church. 
Because many of you think that the whole church is on the message. Healing comes through even during worship. It is not a warm-up session for the message. And number three, right attitude. One of the keys to root success is that she had a great attitude to calamity that seems to be for her. All this thing has is a right attitude. He says, you can bend me anywhere. I'm still going to be who I am. Ruth had a good approach and outlook on life despite her historical unfortunate circumstances. Listen to me. What is attitude? Go home with this. Attitude. Your attitude is the Liberian of your past. It is the speaker of your present and it is the prophet of your future. Your attitude will talk about where you're coming from. Your attitude will determine where you are and your attitude is your prophet for your future. It is the advanced man of our true self. Its roots are inwards but its fruits are outwards. It is, it, our attitude can be our best friend or our worst enemy. It is more honest and more consistent than our words. It is a thing that draws people to us or repels them. Our attitude, our attitude, our attitude cannot stop our feelings, but they can keep our feelings from stopping us. Right praying, right timing, right attitude are the keys to flexibility. Did you get anything from me this morning? You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle 131 St. John's Way N19 3RQ Archway, London Thank you for listening.